0: and welcome to the Kryptonite Podcast. I am Mark Storrs and with me as always is... Crass. And... Rob Morphy. Thank y'all so very much for joining us. I don't even fucking know what day it is.
1: Ha! It's Tuesday. It literally is I, Tuesday. I is. know.
0: I, uh, we normally... Our recording schedule is all fucked up. We used to get together and hang out and be friends and see each other face-to-face on Fridays. And now we're doing it remotely and we're doing it earlier in the week so we can do listener stories I don't even know where I am.
2: Do you? You're here with your okay, buddies good, good. And, and, and your Perfect. favorite listeners. We're doing our thing. You know? We'll we're, have a breakdown after the show. We're going to have another buddy sesh. Dude, this is all good. Wonderful, yep. uh, but wonderful. I may have said I'll go to jail, but you, you guys can't have. let me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you totally said it. it. Defending yeah. both mine Fucking and totally your honor, it. which I felt was incredibly noble of you. I want to thank you for that because uh, I feel the same way you do in the circumstance, but we will prevent that from happening because the kids, they need a dad. They need a pop. Yeah. He needs to come <laughs> home at the end of the day, <laughs> grab a beer, rough it up their hair and say, you scampers, how was your I day can't... at school? And then wink because they're not at that, school.
0: That cannot be accomplished from jail. Is that what you're telling me? That
2: cannot be. No. <laughs>
1: No, know,
0: ah. <laughs> eh, whatever. Hey, you know what? But that's why I got you guys here. That's why I got Rob and Chris here with me to keep me from going to jail. So thank you all so very much for joining <laughs> us for the Kryptonite podcast. Um, we, I, you know, every week I try to change it up, but I just fucking can't because I'm shot. But uh, Hellerspace, hellerspace.com. Get yourself some t-shirts. We still have the Meals on Wheels uh, t-shirts going. I believe it's like 20 more days or something like that. So be sure to check that out. Yeah. Um, uh Patreon, patreon.com slash cryptonot podcast. One dollar is a shout out, five dollars is a shout out, and some bonus audio. We're gonna have some new shout outs to do. Uh so you know what? Let's you know what? Let's just do them. Let's do the intro with that and let's just do our shout out. So, Robert, kick us off.
2: Right on. And as ever, as we the disclaimer we give every week, if we do it wrong, you get a bonus shout out. So we're just gonna do the best we can. And this week we begin with Abraham Wahardo. I think I know it, have, but I'm not sure. I think.
0: I think you did. I have uh, a And if I fucked that up, Daiya please let me know.
2: We're going to continue with Ronin Demon X, though the last name might be pronounced Demonics. You know what? If that's the case, that's fucking awesome, too. And it's all in caps.
0: Oh, yeah. Fucking dude means it. (laughs) He is a rebel
2: samurai who may or may not be of diabolical origin and unknowable because of the axe. It's everything totally. you want. If this was a Marvel character from like the 80s and Chris Claremont yeah. was writing it, I would have been yeah. in there like swimwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's all Yeah. Give me more yeah. Chris Claremont, goddamn oh, it. Always. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, I have Corey Waddell. Thank you, Corey. And we have next John Fletcher. Thank you, Mr. Fletcher. John Kaiser. Nice. Robert Thompson. Oh, our very Ooh. own Robert
0: Thompson. No What's shit. happening? Thank you, yeah. Robert. Thank you so very much. Um,
2: I have uh, Zach M. I think thank you thank mispronounced you, that. I think that's Zachum. I think, I think you got yeah. that wrong. Zachum. Okay, so, yeah. so it's no, not Zach M. You think it's, it's Zach, space, capital M, but I'm pretty sure it's Zachum. And finally, right, cool. we have Jay Cordero. Thank you. Awesome. One and all. Thank, thank you. you. Everyone who signed up for the Patreon, you guys are just the best. And anyone who listens to the show is the fucking best. You guys are the special best. Thank you so fucking much. It really helps. Uh, and uh, and I hope you guys enjoy the bonus audio and, and whatever else. Thank you uh, from the bottom of our hearts.
0: Yeah, we actually just recorded a bonus audio. Um We haven't heard it yet, but we're hoping Chris can pull some magic because uh, I was obviously hammered. Like ah. I have been for the last, yeah. I don't know, month and a half to two months. I was clearly hammered. And, uh, and, and, and you know, it goes places. That's all I can say.
2: It, we take happen. a journey. Our friendship takes yeah. a journey. Um, the paranormal aspects are part of the journey. <laughs> there, there's a lot of things going oh, yeah. on. But you know what? I think the audience is ready to, to deep dive with us and enjoy the ride. And here's something here. I'm going to see if you guys can hear this. It's not really loud, but this is the sound of Patreon money transformed miraculously into Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. So oh, thank boy. you again, friends. <laughs> it's going to be one of those pods. I hope we're all awesome. Ready. So they, <laughs>
1: yeah, that's not really Listen magical. To,
0: Listen to the poor. <laughs> it's not magical. Oh, that's a
2: lot. That's a lot. That's Bobby.
1: That's, that's not really
2: magical.
0: Oh, that's a lot.
1: Oh, and you God. know what I'm
2: drinking it out of? My sister got me one of those mini uh, McDonald's cups from the seventies that just says good morning oh, with a happy song. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one of these like <laughs> old, old school when they still had glass mugs for your morning McDonald's coffee. So oh, that was oh, my yeah. Tumblr with of course I a chaser those. of Jenny. So oh boy, That's thank you. All right. Thank you. Fine patrons. All right. Well,
0: uh, yes, uh, the patrons
2: is perfect.
0: Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you so very much for your, for your contributions, Christopher. I would like to apologize in advance. For the inevitable n- knife emojis that you're going to be sending me when you edit this, but that's okay. Oh wait, so you're you're presupposing oh, that wow, all right. due
2: to this bourbon, I'm going to fuck <laughs> up over and over again, thus causing Chris future grief. That's no. Th- I, I mean, I'd like to think you had a little more faith in me, Mark. I have. Dude, I don't. I don't know, man.
1: You usually don't do boiler makers when we're fucking trying <laughs> no. to do a pod. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs>
2: seriously.
1: So I guess we're gonna see how this fucking goes.
0: With, with the amount that you poured, we might have a, a, a moment of caution here. But nevertheless, thank you all so very much. Let's get started with this week's episode. We're talking about the Lambton Worm. Old Ooh. school,
2: like an old fool. We're getting into the mythology, friends. We're going, I think, oh, older shit. than we have ever gone before in this podcast. Oh, God. Yeah,
0: I think uh, I I think we are. So let's get started with during the Middle Ages. This semi-aquatic serpentine atrocity was said to be responsible for seven year, a seven year reign of terror in Durham, England. But even after this diabolical dragon met its inevitable doom, it created a legacy of horror that affected one family for nine years generations that is, can't fucking kill the terror oh, a hell of worse
2: yeah can't trust worms or orms or wyverns oh,
0: oh
1: yeah, yeah or
2: basilisk because you know they're the fucking worst everything oh, on them is poisonous basilisk, yeah. like this was an era <clears throat> this this story takes us back to the late 1300s you know just prime time for humanity, just everything was going <laughs> sweet for the human at this point.
1: Oh yeah, the sanitation, awesome.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> See, oh Top the hygiene of was game. at its fucking peak. <laughs> no plagues at all. Not nothing like twenty twenty. Uh, it was a perfect time to live. But one, one of the best parts was, uh you know, just take a glance at any of the the bestiaries or or catalogs of the what is supposed to be the natural fauna of the time and it is chock full of these monsters these crazy the tassel worm this fucking cat snake dragon thing they're all throughout Europe and the Middle East and Asia and so um this is one of those great legends hailing from that time and what we're going to do is we're going to try to separate the wheat from the chaff because obviously this is um allegorical in a lot of ways but uh but there might be a little something more so without further ado Long chronicled in the folklore of County Durham, the legend of this anomalous animal with its insatiable appetites seems, on the surface, to be little more than a classic Christian morality play. But there are some who believe that beneath its moralistic veneer may lurk the description of a genuine biological phenomenon. The tale begins in medieval times, when the rebellious and wealthy young heir to Lampton Hall, John Lampton, decided to forego the traditional Sunday mass in Brugesford Chapel in order to spend his morning fishing in the nearby River Weir. Oh,
0: a crime most
2: deadly. Yeah, spitting
0: in the face of your lord. (laughs)
2: Because who doesn't want to
0: skip church and go fishing or do
2: anything else
1: yeah but like in the 14th century that's almost that's barely not a
2: death sentence yeah true <laughs> that's I like know. heresy i mean it might be excommunication almost okay all right cool excuse me i had to have a sip of my delicious bourbon
1: boiler maker number one down
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, nine I'm
1: minutes just in, gonna make, we're uh, <laughs> make a little count <laughs> here all right
2: we're fucked all right After hours of patiently waiting for a bite, the young angler glanced up as the church bells finally rang in the distance, indicating the end of the mass. It just so happened that at precisely the same moment, he was shocked when his hook was suddenly snagged with a force so tremendous it almost ripped the pole from his white-knuckled grip. After a seemingly endless battle with this submerged monstrosity, Lampton finally managed to pull his catch from the frothy mass of dark water. But, to his dismay, it was not the gigantic fish he was hoping for. Instead, Lampton watched in abject horror as a relatively small, glistening black, eel-like creature writhed on the rocky shore before him. Lampton—yeah, I know, grubby— Lambton Gross. would later describe the beast as having a head reminiscent of a salamander, complete with needle sharp teeth and nine strange holes running along either side of its mouth. The animal was also secreting a viscous, sticky fluid from its inky epidermis, not unlike some sort of monstrous mud puppy.
0: That's exactly okay. what I was thinking. It sounds like a fucking yeah. mud puppy.
2: Very much. <clears throat> Just as the repulsed Lampton was about to return his quarry to the river from whence it came, he was stopped by an elderly passerby who requested to see the creature. The wizened old man was amazed by the sight before him, and according to legend, blessed himself with the sign of the cross before admonishing the boy for neglecting to attend church. Oh, <laughs> yep, there when yeah, the old man it starts. It starts with the lecture. It ends with a curse.
0: Shit, comes the
2: It but- comes the butt touch.
0: Yep, <laughs> there you go. You're going to definitely get touched.
2: The old man claimed that the writhing worm-like amphibian was evil incarnate and warned the boy not to release the beast back into the river, stating that great misfortune would befall him if his advice were not heeded. The young nobleman must have taken the old man's warning to heart for instead of releasing the viscous vermin, he cautiously, one assumes, packed the squirming serpentine thing into his catch basket and made for Lampton Hall. Oh, he made a pat. He has a pat.
1: He's got a curse. say that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Way to go. Well, for some reason, I I think the old guy is like being kind of chatty, just like giving out advice. Like, it's a curse. Like, who are you, dude? Or maybe I'm it's like to, an I'm angel in fish.
2: disguise, a man that's like, you should have gone man, to church. whatever, yeah, it's, dude. It's they clearly should have Michael Landon dog. <laughs> eh, Michael
0: Landon. I don't want to hear <laughs> about it. Fuck that. Some nosy-ass dude fucking, we went
2: trying to fish. Get out of here. Wow. You I'm do not aggr- like people in your fishing business. I like that about I'm a, you.
0: I'm a little aggressive. Sorry. It's fine.
2: <laughs> on his way home, Lampton passed a deep and ancient well, which some claim was located on Penshaw Hill, while others insist it was a place now known as, well, conveniently enough, Worm Hill, located in Fatfield. I yeah, love yeah, Fatfield. Fat wow. Fatfield, right. yeah. Either way, the boy recognized that the long unused shaft would serve as the perfect tomb for his cursed quarry, and he deposited the biting beast into what would forever after be referred to as Worm's Well by the locals native to the region. You
0: don't ever toss a fucking curse into a well. Well, this I is mean, like you like don't take a curse home. What are you going to do?
2: Now, now, in defense of John Lambton, all <sighs> right, maybe he might have fucked up not going to church at a time when it was... Obviously, not in his best interest not to do that. Even though he's a rich kid, even though he owns all the lands and properties, and you know has all his lords and vassals, he still should have fucking shown up, and done his fucking duty to the lord. Fine, I don't it's know, the man. He's trying
0: to, wow. trying yeah, yeah. The, just trying to, trying to, just trying to fish doesn't mean you gotta be fucked with a curse. And if you do get fucked with the curse, I don't know. Don't toss it in a well. But, but you know that, what? Maybe having I'm,
2: been said, I could be jumping the gun here. If he throws it back into the river, old man misfortune says the shit's gonna <sighs> fucking fall apart. He can't bring that motherfucker home, put it in an aquarium, so what better than an unused deep shaft that leads to fucking nothing but, you know, whatever, whatever little liquid and shit is at the bottom. I think he actually made a pretty sage decision.
0: Okay, we'll agree to disagree. What would you have done with it? I would have killed it. I'm in a bad mood, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm just gonna kill the curse. I mean, all
2: right, you, you got something there. I didn't think about <laughs> no, that. I don't.
0: No, no. I actually. You know, what you know? What? Let's continue and see what's gonna happen. Maybe it was too evil to die. Who knows?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, evil never dies. So that's
0: <laughs> true. Yeah, evil never dies. All right, Chris is. You and Chris are correct. Come on, I, Come on. I stand.
2: I stand corrected. Robert, continue. As the years passed, folk tales began to spring up about the scourged well. Its waters were said to have become poisoned and noxious fumes rose up from its depths. As if that weren't bad enough, according to those few brave souls who dared to approach this crumbling stone edifice, there was something sinewy, toothy, and very much alive in the moist blackness of the well. Ah, oh, see, man, you made evil worse.
0: hmm That's what I do. Okay. There
2: you go. By this point, young Lambton had grown into manhood, and like so many of his brethren, he had hastened off to the Holy Land in order to fight in the Crusades. According to some scholars, this was likely the Barbary Crusade of 1390, which led to the siege of Madia. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I'm going to trust the scholars. I mean, yeah, totally. But as John Lampton was attempting to atone for the sins of his misspent youth by pummeling infidels into submission. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, what else are you going to do? The infernal fiend that he had pulled from the churning depths of the River Weir was starting to grow to the point where it could now leave the confines of its antediluvian prison, much to the horror of the local villagers. Dude, it grew up. It grew up. Evil grows up. We all do. It's part of the cycle. Aww. Yeah, it grows
1: People up and grow with... never dies. And then you're stuck with it.
2: <laughs> Good luck. Oh, it's great. I witnessed yeah, exactly. descriptions from the time. Describe the Lambton worm as being a huge, legless, and wingless dragon with razor-sharp teeth. Some observers claimed that one could clearly see defined musculature beneath the animal's rippling, ooze-covered, ebony epidermis. Ooh. So that paints a real specific picture. And I know we're going to get into this more later, but I mean, the first instinct a lot of people had is snake because legless, even though that might be very tiny, like Manda like legs. I mean, Amanda, you know, obviously being the well, right Kaiju from Toho for, you know, right. those who don't know are like a little luck dragon legs, but, but it's sliminess absolutely airs on the side of something amphibious. But anyway, it's black, it's muscular, it's got super sharp teeth, weird holes down the side of its head, but they still consider it a dragon, I assume based on its size and disposition.
0: So in my mind, I'm getting a picture of like phase one Shin Godzilla, you know, when it was all yeah, oh, like undulating little, and googly-eyed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and sucky looking. Yeah.
2: I think I think it's fair in the sense that I think it was probably, if it moved, it probably had this like, icky, sort of uh, rippling kind of un, you know undulation, again, to, not to abuse the it's word, gross. that yeah. is, was probably pretty grubby. Right, this cool. description has led some researchers to associate this creature with other worm-like dragons alleged to hail from medieval Europe, such as the notorious lindworm, which were said to haunt the wilds of Norway, Denmark, and Germany, as well as the similar, though smaller, and decidedly more feline-like, tatsel worm which reportedly hailed from the alps according Hmm. to legend once this now massive animal finally managed to escape the stony cage of the well it slithered down the hill to its river home after it returned to running water nothing more was heard from the beast that was until it got hungry Reports which have been passed on from this period state that the region was seized by a tsunami of horror as the creature went on a blood-soaked feeding frenzy, which not only claimed numerous cows and sheeps as victims, but also more than a few local children. Oh. It was the, I know, the babies. Keep it home. Oh, Lock them up. I know it's the fucking 1390s, but come on. Keep it real, folks. If there was ever a
0: time to lock your kids up, it's the fucking 1390s. (laughs) For Christ's sakes, don't even let them outside.
1: Yeah. Never on your sight.
2: The sun doesn't exist. To stay inside. The fog. It was then that the locals found that the people and animals it didn't eat had perished from apparent envenomation. So (sighs) while it's not... I mean, it's a predator in the sense that it's eating meat and other things, as we'll get to in a second, but it's also a thrill killer... Or a surplus killer, I think it's officially called. uh, Because sometimes it just likes to poison shit and let it die. Because it's a dick.
1: Okay. Yeah, Jesus.
2: Oddly, farmers discovered that the worm had a particular fondness for fresh cow's milk and would silently slither through the grassy fields beneath its bovine prey before suddenly lunging upwards and using its dagger-like fangs to pierce the udders of its victims in order to drain them of their precious, life-giving fluid before rending the balance of their flesh with its terrible teeth. So rip the udder, drink the milk, eat the cow
0: wow it gets a big old okay. glass of milk first and then it's
2: fucking devours it. blood oh. milk it's like uh oh. it's like that lucio oh, man, of, uh gates of hell when the blood's dripping to yeah. the ceiling and landing in that milk and you just get that grubby gut sick feeling it's is, like is that blood, but with a is blood milk a
0: song it's gotta be it like morbid be. angel dude morbid angel must have written blood milk there's no way they did i'm if sure they didn't someone know, did really upset It feels like it ought to be.
2: Norway, (laughs) we're looking at you. (laughs) Yeah, really. Natives soon decided that the wholesale slaughter of their livestock could no longer be tolerated, and a cadre of brave villagers assembled to stop this rampage. Armed with makeshift weapons, this intrepid group marched off toward the river to end this nightmarish beast's rampage once and for all.
0: Yeah, we got a good
2: old Mom.
0: 1300s posse Oh, with some the-
2: fucking weaponry.
0: Pitchforks, hose Dude, size. Maces. Yeah, that's all they have. A fucking, uh, what, what's that called? Helsing thing? That big long spear looking fucking thing? Fuck yeah, do some size, some katanas. Yeah, No, right, know, there was arms. no Katanas. <laughs> yeah, right, wrong, wrong, to wrong. Probably no stars. morning
2: stars or maces. <laughs> yeah, morning stars. They probably <laughs> just had farming tools that were repurposed and some torches. You always need a torch. It's a 1390 mob. You need a torches. Somebody, somebody made a mace or had a mace. Come on. Well, they had cudgels, mace. certainly. Yeah. Oh, Because that's just heavy sticks. Nice. All right, let's fucking kill this fucker. And the rampage once and for all. Hours passed with no sign of the men. Wives and children huddled together, straining to hear the distant sounds of their husbands and fathers returning with the head of the worm on a pike, flush with the joyful cries of a hard-won victory. But only silence greeted them. The following day, a second expedition was mounted. These men returned ashen-faced and panic-stricken. They had found the corpses of their comrades littered across the banks of the river. Some had drowned, Others had been crushed. Still others had been literally torn apart. They were fucked. This did not work well.
0: No, man, when, you, when the first do, when the first party fucks it so hard, you got to send a second party. You don't do not want to be a part of the second party. I dare say you're better off being a part of the first party. Cause you got some excitement. You got some bravado. You're like, we're going to fucking do it. And then you die a hero. A second party. Oh, you gotta find all your buddies all fucked up. They did. Yeah, but the really second party, Mark, through. and I
2: can't emphasize this enough got to live. Ergo, you really probably want to be yeah, part of the second party. Fucking not, not the machismo. 9, dude. Let's do this and dad.
0: Bloody yeah, but death. You Dude, you got to think of the time. Chris and I understand the time period. Fucking, I will (laughs) fucking, you got to die in the fucking dawn of battle, dude. All right, Chris, do you want to die in the first posse
2: or be slightly traumatized (laughs) in the second or severely traumatized? You know he's going to want to die in the first posse. Don't speak for Chris. Chris speaks (laughs) for Chris, sir.
1: Yeah, I I don't want to die either way, but. (laughs) um,
0: (laughs) Am I the only one that wants to die glorious in battle? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, thank God I got you guys to tell my story.
1: You want to die to a big giant mud puppy. Great.
0: You got, you got,
2: to, go, you got to go down fighting, dude. Yeah, you know, flip right. the vet. Fucking mud puppy carnage. <laughs> flip Six the of one, vet. half a dozen <laughs> of the other. Who cares, no. man? Dead's dead. <laughs>
1: or in this case, just right. flip, the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> flip the wagon. Yeah.
2: Flip, flip the wagon.
0: Drown in the hay. Wagon. Flip yeah, the plow. All right. Well, oh, you know what? Oh, my God. There, Flip the plow. I mean, you know, regardless. Blood on the fucking, scarecrow. Blood on the oh, plow. Yep. Yeah. Is that a fucking sweet metal I song? Think, no, <laughs> I think it's a no, fucking it's John John on blood on the clock. Blood on the plow. But it's not blood
1: on everything. It's like Yeah. It's not remember. a complete massacre. <laughs> blood on the plow. Yeah. Blood on the scarecrow. All
0: right. Well, the second party went
2: out. We are going to continue here. As in classic tales of yore, the occasional wandering knight would make his way through the region and try to build his reputation by conquering the now nefarious beast. But they all met with brutal ends. Legend even had it that when chunks of flesh were cut from the thing, they reattached themselves in a decidedly supernatural fashion. Or perhaps... These were merely a fanciful recollection of a creature with an amazing capacity for healing. I know I'm playing like Monday Morning Quarterback with that one, but but the idea of like chunks <laughs> yeah, of flesh get cut off and then it reattaches like some fucking Hong Kong ghost. <laughs> oh, so yeah. it's well, not Venom? It's not Venom, Robert, really? Well, it looks like it. It's oozy, black, and nasty with exactly. lots of sharp teeth. Yeah. I, mean, we're, holes I mean, it, it could, could be
1: a, a T2000 or whatever. T
0: one thousand. Oh, could be, could be. I mean, I guess we're both going cinematic here. I'm going comic book symbiote, but and you're going fucking T. Okay, all right, fine. We have a theory. <laughs> well <laughs> thought <laughs> is, out. Is that what are on it now? <laughs> yeah. T- <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> fucking, all right. <laughs> it's that dude from Filters' brother, or it's fucking Venom. Take your pick. <laughs> Oh two. my God.
2: <laughs> it was decided then that nothing could be done to overcome this voracious barman And John's father, a man whose name may have been Robert. And I know that because I really did a deep dive into the genealogy of this family. And a guy named Robert around this time had a son named John around this time. So I'm sort of pissing in the wind, but it's based loosely on an effort on my part. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's dude, it's the thirteen hundreds, man. Anything's possible. But Whatever. regardless, John, Tom, don't matter. The father being the current lord of Lambton had a huge stone trough built outside the hall, which the villagers used to slake the beasts near insatiable hunger with daily tributes of at least 20 gallons of warm milk. So every day the trough gets filled. You okay. gotta fucking milk your cow unless you want it's utter sheared off. And fucking and feed the beast. All, right. okay. all profits Gross. the Lambtons made were reinvested in fortifying battlements and satiating the toothy terror. But even with the daily offerings, it was still prone to bouts of aggression and was known to uproot small trees with its muscular tail and wield the trunks like a cudgel, batter- battering all who came near it worse yet Sorry. i know i know this it, is it,
1: cartoonish yeah. i picture I know, like, no, you, well
2: that's the thing this is this is 1390s this is a uh this thing allegorical uses story now? it is a fine uh, line between what may oh, have happened and what is obviously <laughs> embellished
1: i can't wait to <laughs> see what happened what's it, what it's going to do next
2: It's beating fuckers up (laughs) with a sweet tail hammer. (laughs) All right, Robert, can continue? (laughs) I I shall. Thank you. Worse yet, the sinister and evidently perpetually growing serpent was now large enough to wrap itself around the hill that had once incarcerated it no less than seven times. Now, that's an odd sentence. It had been incarcerated seven times. It was long enough to wrap no, around right. said hill seven times. Yeah, I got it. How big is this hill? See, I don't know. We're, We're not talking getting... about I mean, I, like the I hill, hill where the well was. It's a tiny hill. Like even if the the fucking circumference of the hill was thirty feet, seven times is too much. But if it yeah, was but, like yeah, a solid but... fucking hill, that's just nuts. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> this unless make it was sense. a tiny little hill. Like a little bump <laughs> with a well on it and so it yeah, wrapped yeah. around you know and it was like, like hit, three feet. If by you had five. like a,
0: if you had like a sweet dyno, it'd be like, like a cool little jump. So the yeah, was are like bump. twenty
2: feet. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, like a, oh, little yeah, little like, little a
2: sweet, like a dirt bike ramp you build in the back yeah, totally. lots or something. Yeah. Totally.
0: All right, so this thing's wrapping around the hill seven times. Seven All right. times.
2: Cool. When it's John Lambton, the hero and yet the villain of this story, if we recall. When John Lampton finally returned home from the Crusades, he was mortified to discover the terror which had gripped his native soil and the state of decrepitude that infested his soon to be inherited property. Justifiably, the Christian warrior felt responsible for the entire situation.
0: No, now he's fucking all of a sudden. Should have just gone to it. church.
2: You're 12. <laughs> Why are you pulling this Tom Sawyer bullshit? He doesn't even exist. A, he doesn't exist really, but B, he's not even a fucking figment in Mark Twain's mind for centuries. Why you gotta fuck around? Just worship the Lord, you son of a bitch. Nope. He fucked up. Not sure what to do. Lampton saw out the lair of a reputed witch. Oh, fuck. That's that's the first thing. It's 1390. What's he going to (laughs) do? Where else is he going to get advice?
0: Uh, It's been 10 long years. (laughs) It
2: just smelled the witch. Oh, boy. (laughs) Greatest lyrics ever.
0: Fucking mortis rules.
2: (laughs) Or not. Uh, Whatever. Yeah, he does something. But he definitely wrote one of the most memorable lines in music history. That's irrefutable. (laughs) That is. That is. So he oh, finds man. this witch and you'd have to imagine, I can't, it's like Perseus and the three sisters. It's gotta be this like shithole cave covered in roots, you know, reeking of carcass shit and boiling cauldrons. I mean, I want it. And I'm not, you <laughs> I know, could so I'm not throwing any of our Wiccan brethren under the thing. I, I was going to say, dude. No, no, no. I want this to be cinematic. Like I know it's, it's not probably that way. The, the, the witches of that time were By and large, healers, helpful people that knew how to use herbs. I realize they were unjustly persecuted. I realize it's horrible, but allow me to be cinematic in the sense that, you know, like something out of fucking Ridley Scott's legend where everything is just overgrown and dank and horrifying. She's not evil, though, by the way. This witch is not evil. All
0: right. It could just be some super cool chick in the woods being cool. Being like, hey, what's up? I agree. There you go. Yeah. Same. But it's
1: probably not.
0: Yeah, it could be that. The story
1: is like, definitely. I don't think it's probably. The story is going
0: towards some weird like swamp
2: hag, but you know, I'm just saying. Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, cinematically, the crone is more effective. Yeah. But if she Fine. was like a ravishing beauty, you know, living in the glade, that would also work in its own way. But then John Lambton would get smitten, and the story would go in a different direction. Yeah, I know. We get we all right, all right. He sought out the lair of the reputed witch and implored her for advice as to how to rid his ancestral lands of this leech-like leviathan. The occultist heard his pleas and acquiesced to his request. And this is awesome. She told the nobleman to have the local blacksmith forge him a unique suit of armor one which was to be covered with double-edged spikes or spearheads. So basically, cut the head off a hundred spears and weld them to the suit of armor.
0: Oh, this is (laughs) amazing. This is amazing. Continue. Oh. Oh, my God. This is the best thing I've heard
2: all week. The witch, having given the war-weary Lampton the key to vanquishing his foe, then warned him that after the worm was slain, he must then kill the first living thing he laid eyes on, lest his family be cursed with untimely deaths for anyone want to guess how many generations? How many generations, Rob? It's nine. It's a pop quiz. I I gave it to you earlier in this text. Oh, you did? Shit. I don't pay attention. Nine full generations.
0: Okay I'm super hung up on the armor. The armor sounds fun. No, the cooler. armor is and you know
2: what? This is where and this is where I see it like John Borman's Excalibur. This is a movie that I know Chris loves. I know I, I love. It is perhaps just the grittiest, darkest dirtiest medieval version, not only of the Arthurian legend, which is a great way of capturing it. First off, Merlin with that silver skull cap is one of the most tits-up piece of costuming that have ever happened. Oh yeah, it's and the best. It's just the best. And then it's got uh, what's his like half-son, half-nephew the uh, no, Mordred? Mordred? Oh, that golden armor he has. Yeah. And Helen Mirren plays his fucking half-sister. Anyway, it yep. is a brutal, violent, muddy, nasty, brilliant retelling of the Arthurian legend, and this is how I see this armor. Like, if someone was to make the movie of the Lampton Worm and make it, like, authentic to the legend, I would want John Borman circa 1980, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, right. But I digress. It's a I just want an awesome, awesome piece of armor.
0: I just want to wear this in Skyrim. That's all I want to do.
2: Maybe you can just make it. it.
0: Yeah. Oh, maybe someone can mod this out for me, and then I can go visit my ten houses with my fucking kids and wife, and fucking run around and doing potions and shit. Cause I I'm love been
2: playing it. it for too long. So,
0: all right. So now he has to kill the first thing he lays eyes on that's alive. So now,
2: lest the family be cursed with untimely deaths for exactly nine generations. All right. Lampton all right, said he understood and undertook to follow the enchantress's instructions. The armor was made to the witch's exact specifications, and in preparation for his coming battle with the beast, Lampton informed his father that, if victorious, he would sound his hunting horn three times to indicate that the monster was dead, at which point the elder Lampton was charged with releasing his son's favorite hound so that he might kill it and avert the nine-generation curse. As to why John wanted to kill his favorite hound rather than say his least favorite pig, or even a random castle rat, is anyone's guess. I, I, I yeah. don't know. My favorite you... beloved puppy. Father, send you... him to me. Why would you kill the fucking dog? I just Jesus don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, it's she, it's she didn't say it's the first easier, thing you love. If the witch said kill the first thing you see that you love that's alive, then you're like, All well, right. fuck, I'd rather kill but a dog still... than my little sister. That makes sense. Well, don't kill the dog. Well, I mean, well, I mean I'm just saying, something. if you have to love it to avoid nine generations of curse, then Right. Fine. Kill the dog. But if you only kill have to dogs. kill a living thing, then the fuck? You, put, <sighs> you have a parakeet on the hill in case you get lucky and kill the worm, then just go up and... No offense to parakeets. I'm just saying whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that could be you know, anything. What if there's just like flick a flicking an ant?
2: Yeah. Yeah, really. Exactly. Totally. A potato bug. A fucking Whatever. A spider,
0: a a cow. I mean, you can just kill a cow and eat it and feed your family and be like, it's dead. Oh, I
2: saw it. Like, whatever. (sighs) We have a lot of things that could happen that didn't require killing your favorite pup. But yeah,
0: release my favorite dog that I fucking have raised since it was a puppy.
2: Whatever his reasoning may have been, John's father agreed to the stipulation. Fully protected in his spike-smothered armor, Lampton cautiously approached the River Weir, the unholy lair of the Great Worm. As he neared the shoreline, the savage snake-like monster, which had been laying in wait, sprung out of the murky waters directly at him. As it enveloped its undulating coils around John Lampton's armored form, shreds of its ebony flesh were sliced off by the spearheads. The enraged creature continued its suicidal onslaught until it had weakened itself so much that the young crusader was finally able to dispatch the creature with a single lethal blow of his gleaming sword. Nice. Jubilant and perhaps a bit disgusted, the triumphant Lambton sloughed off the hunks of viscous carcass that clung to his spikes in fleshy, slug like strips. Because you got to imagine, this thing is just hanging all over him. It had to feel like shit. You need to shower so bad, dude. He got slimed, basically. Oh, big time. And you can only... How does this thing smell? It's living on fucking rancid hot milk and flesh. (laughs) And carnivore poop is horrible. So, you know, whatever's in its bowels is a shit show, literally and figuratively. He then liberated his hunting horn, brought it to his lips, and emitted three great gasps. Upon hearing the horn blasts, John's father became so excited that he forgot to release the agreed upon canine and rushed down to the riverside to see the <laughs> worm's carcass for himself. <laughs> Ow! Yeah, fucking. Much to the youthful warrior's dismay, it was not his beloved dog that he first laid eyes on on the bloody shores of the river weir, but his breathless idiot father. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Well, guess what you gotta do, buddy? <laughs> guess what you gotta do? <laughs> it's not known how close John Lambton came to delivering the blow that would finally end the horrible curse of the Lambton worm. But in the end, he found himself incapable of killing his own father. Despite the fact that he was a dumb piece of shit who ruined everything by neglecting to follow even the simplest of fucking instructions. Send the fucking dog, dad. The dog. (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs) Real quick. I want to have a a little peek behind the curtain here. You actually wrote, despite the fact that he was a dumb piece of
2: shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I was so mad when I was writing (laughs) this again. I'm like, you fucking son of a bitch. I know.
1: How do you forget? You just made the plan. You just just made the plan. plan,
2: Like a day before. It's like the biggest event ever. For seven years, this fuck all has been eating all your cow's udders. And you have to pour milk in the trough. And it's a nightmare. And all you have to do is send fucking puppinkins or whatever the fuck this dog was called. I'm sure it was that. Oh, I want to see. You fucking moron.
0: He's probably literally looking at the dog, thinking to myself, like, oh, I don't want to fucking kill this poor thing. And then the horn goes off. He's like, I got to see. Totally forget my dog. And the dog's probably like, oh, thank God. I'm mm. out of here. Yeah. <laughs> these, guys, these guys suck. They're going to kill me. All right. So. All right. Well, let's. <laughs> here let's, we go. Let's, let's
2: do it. Lambton resigned himself to the witch's curse which his family would allegedly suffer the brunt of for at least three generations and the ninth. So there's, we'll get to this in a second, but the next three generations die pretty horribly. It seems like there's some old deaths after that, like natural lifespans, but then the ninth generation gets fucked again. So maybe it was just irony. Who knows how it works, but at least three helping lead to the enduring popularity of this legend. That is the actual deaths made this legend live on. But even though the curse lived on, the story of the worm itself, as well as its bovine-centric reign of terror, ends there. For many, the lore of the Lambton worm is nothing more than a parable which was used to warn children not to miss church and to remind adults that debts, no matter how deeply buried in the past, must always be paid. But some investigators have pointed out that while obvious and oft-times extreme embellishments were employed in the retelling of this allegory, the animal itself may be more than a mere metaphor. It seems as if the myriad details used in the portrayal of the worm would be superfluous if it was simply serving as a generic dragon-like villain in a morality play. The rippling musculature, the apparently mucus-covered epidermis, the snake or salamander-like head, and the odd holes running along its sides. Nine, perhaps representing each generation to be cursed. I know oh, I'm, I'm trying to be biological, but ooh, shit. spooky. That's not. Yeah. Each curse gets a hole. <laughs> each curse <laughs> gets
0: a hole. Everybody gets yeah, a hole. Hey, are you yeah. cursed? Get a hole. You get a hole. I get a hole. Curse All a hole. seem ah. to indicate
2: a real creature <laughs> and not a fantastical beast at least according to some I'm inclined to think that there might be something there on an interesting pop culture note in 1911, Bram Stoker penned the Lair of the white worm, which was inspired by the legend of the Lambton worm and was eventually adapted into a film in 1988 by Ken Russell. I don't know if you guys ever saw it. It is a piece of shit. It's a horrible (laughs) fucking movie. There is a giant white worm and it's got, um, uh, who's old man who, the the one right before the current one. old uh, man who? Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. Peter Capaldi. Oh, he Peter was Capaldi? in it when he was young. I think it had U- oh, oh, cool. It had you know a bunch nice. of motherfuckers you'd know. It's just I don't know, It was just not a great film. Maybe I didn't. But okay. Anyway, it was inspired. In eighteen sixty-seven, CM Lumain. Turned the story into a song, and in 1978, composer Robert Sherlaw Johnson wrote an opera, a two-part opera, I might add, called The Lambton Worm. So it's had an enduring (laughs) effect.
0: Uh, clearly. clearly, I want I want to see Chris's version of the Lampton, the two
2: part opera. opera, the uh, Worm. Yeah, so did I. Dude, I'm
0: gonna fuck you and make you kill your dad. Oh no, he fucked up. There's no dog. Now you, no, you all die. Now you all die. There you go. Oh Fucking my God. Part well, Chris, you found your lyricist. Wow. Yeah. Perfect.
2: Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Don. Line, Chris, Don stores. and Don. Music by Chris. <laughs>
0: If Chris knows one thing about me, I can't write lyrics to save my fucking ass. So. Well, you're not showing it now, sir. <laughs> well,
2: you're shining yeah. right now.
0: Right. Edgy, lamped and <laughs> lyrics <laughs> yeah. by
2: Mark Storr. Last sentence. I'm about to break. Whatever <laughs> right. this creature Fuck. may have been, its legend endures as both a Christian parable, a cultural touchstone, and an intriguing enigma for all enterprising folklorists and cryptozoologists and there my friends is the tale in a nutshell of the lambton worm what the i find Lam- interesting all right worm. i mean yeah about this more than anything else is that obviously i mean wrap the hill seven times grabbing trees yeah. and using it as a fucking molnir fucking doing all sorts. obviously so much of this is you know medieval embellishment and a lot of it of course uh ties into the whole idea of you know don't ignore mother church or father church obviously mothers aren't important in the church hierarchy um yeah not to be too indicting but you know it's just the way it is but but when you dig past all of that it's interesting to think what kind of biological or perhaps even paranormal entity might be represented in this story hidden beneath the layers of mythology okay skeptics have speculated that the Lambton worm, if it existed at all, might have been uh, a large snake. That doesn't really rub with me because uh, it it wasn't really described as scaly. I mean, mean, not having limbs or whatever, which they say uh, might have been transplanted to the British Isles by a sailor from a trading ship or even a returning crusader
0: those um, fucking do those sailors in their bag of snakes dude, yeah they, no doubt. A big. they come into port and yeah work, it's got a bag of snakes here and they got fucking all kinds of snakes and shit. but big again wolfers, so. based on this description <laughs> big ass fucking snakes dude is yeah, crazy
2: yeah this thing isn't reptilian it seems much more akin <laughs> to like uh a japanese or even chinese giant salamander or even, or even
0: terrifying. The
2: North American Hellbender, which I have all my life desperately wanted to bump into and never actually had the opportunity. But but it really smacks up at <clears> least <throat> the thing that was initially caught by, yeah. by Kid Lampton, for lack yeah, totally. of a better term. <laughs> yeah. Which is his rap name, Kid Lampton. Fucking.
1: Yeah. Lil this Lampton. This thing really
2: smacks <laughs> Lil up. Lil Lampton. Like, <laughs> Lil Lampton is a Hellbender or something. But what it yeah, goes it's, into it's is something it's else. Fucking.
1: Yeah, that's the, that's the problem. Then it becomes problematic.
2: And, and yeah, that's where it takes a turn. Yeah. Another fact that just needs to be noted. And that is there was no, until mm-hmm. the late 1500s, early 1600s, um, there was no real contact between uh, the British and Japanese or, or, you know, or the, or the Chinese. So, the thought of something, you know, being transferred over, like if somebody had, like taken a prize of one of these giant salamanders and brought it back, and somehow gets released into the stream, and maybe only lives long enough to be there one warm summer. Um right. You know, you could, you could, uh, you know, a skeptical mind. I mean, and I don't mean that in a debunking way. I mean, like a truly logical mind could say, yeah, there's a possibility that that's what this is, because obviously this is not like any amphibian that is indigenous to the British Isles at all. I went through lists of them. I mean, you got common frogs, you got some newts, you got some really cool fucking things, nothing that gets maybe much over six inches and certainly nothing like this, but it really couldn't have been one of these large creatures from either North America or Asia because there wasn't any contact in 1390. The only other thing that I came across that it might be just getting the skeptical shit out of the way is, uh, the Black Desert Cobra, which is endemic to the Middle East and you know can be found throughout the region. Now, maybe a crusader found something like that, but the problem with this is it never gets more than six feet long. It's highly, highly venomous, so why the fuck would you grab one and it would probably kill you? And it doesn't live in the water. It's not fucking slimy, and it would not be able to survive in the cool British clime once it became unseasonable. So really, almost yeah, so anything like- biological- is very difficult to, to uh, hang that you know hang the guilty on you know like this is clearly this
0: right yeah yeah I mean and if, and if you do get that fucking cobra home from the fucking crusades we're just gonna fucking we're gonna put in a sack and carry we lost cobra the cobra bite you fucking da, 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 da.
2: <laughs> is that the free... sound claro. bring... of a cobra bite yeah da, 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 da,
0: you actually no, you remember I, I remember it. It sounded like cobra command yeah yeah. Exactly. So, all right. For those keeping cold, count, bro. second Boilermaker. No. no. Oh, okay. That's number it. two? Yeah,
1: I think you um, snuck button. a couple in there.
0: You did. What? Come on, <laughs> you oh, did. Oh, re- 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 listen to that! Listen to that sound of alcoholism right there. Oh, that I is love not,
2: it. you know, that's that's Irish pride. <laughs> Actually, I say
0: alco- I, I say alcoholism as I am on beer number four, and we're only not even an hour oh my in the podcast. God bless you. <laughs> All right, man. So but, um, I guess there's a couple of things that we can we can kind of you know tackle here. So obviously we've discussed the, the the skeptical angle a little bit here. So it could be a parable. It could be a fucking go to church. You're gonna, oh, you're it gonna, is you're a parable. Catch a curve. It is allegorical. The bulk of this story
2: is completely a morality play.
0: But hear me out, dude. Fucking dudes. Hear me out. All right, man. What if this shit was real? What if for some reason, dude, skip church, caught this curse Fucking super nosy Michael Landon fucking dude's like, oh, don't fucking take it home. It's going to do whatever. He fucking puts it in the well and he just creates this giant fucking problem (laughs) that then he can't fucking kill, apparently, because he finally gets to it and his dad fucks it up. I mean, all right. It's a stretch. But so who knows?
1: The thing about that, though, is like that only the old guy said that the thing was the curse. The actual curse came from the witch.
2: And it might not be the witch's curse. I know exactly what you're saying there, Chris. She might have just uh, That's, and that's saying, how it reads. No, no, I know, right. and that's how I read it. So I will take full responsibility. It could be the witch's curse, or it could be the witch explaining the worm's curse. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it could like, be. It might that's not just be the how... witch saying that yeah. you are going to be cursed if you don't do this. It might be saying, this is the kind so, of curse that's associated with this animal. If you don't kill the first it's... thing that's alive, you're fucked. I'm just saying... Not to absolve the witch, but it might not have been her curse. Straight off, what up if either.
0: it's what if it's two curses? A curse on top of a curse, a double curse.
2: Huh? Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, Michael exactly. Landon curse, fucking <clears throat> yeah, old old crone, hot enchantress slash whatever you want to imagine curse.
0: The super cool chick in the woods, is like sorry, dude, the but I got to cool make this chi-
2: armor. The super cool chick it, in the yeah. woods versus Michael yeah. Landon. <laughs> exactly it. dude i got
0: my money on the super cool chick you know why always she's a super cool chick so there you go.
2: well plus her specs for armor are fucking tits up like the most yeah, she obviously magnificent made some thing fucking, ever
0: some bomb ass armor it's more so metal this, than
2: metal it's like three mana wars metal i mean it is it's fucking, fucking hard
0: dude yeah i it's brought couple, it up a couple man i brought it up
2: man the fucking
0: dawn of battle i will fight so, um, I mean, I don't know, man, maybe this shit really did happen. Probably not. If we're talking about a parable here, if we're, just, did, 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 if we're just discussing some sort of fucking learned lesson that you have to fucking go through. Um, I mean, it, it cursed these people apparently for nine generations and there was, uh, evidence I'm assuming of said curse
2: or, right. you know, let, did, let, let me, let just, me, Ugh. let me just walk us through this real simple. It won't take long at all. First okay. generation, following John, Robert Lampton <clears throat> right. drowned in Newrig. Rig. Bomber. Second generation, Sir William Lampton, a Colonel of Foot. I don't know what a Colonel of Foot is, but that's what he was. <laughs> Fucking Perfect. foot clan, dude. I was Major Elbow. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> yeah, dude. He was killed at Marston Moor. Third Word. generation, another William Lampton died in the battle at Wakefield. Now we don't have anything for four, five, six, seven, eight. But ninth generation Henry Lambton <laughs> died in his carriage crossing <laughs> Lambton Bridge on June 26th, 1761. So those are the official untimely deaths. Hammered. Yeah, so four okay. out of nine Ooh. ain't bad, to quote Meatloaf ish. Because <laughs> four out of nine Ugh, wow. ain't bad.
0: I need you. I want you. <laughs>
2: A Robert, a William, no way, a William, I'm a never Henry. I'm love you. <laughs> there ain't no way I'm never going to curse
0: you. Oh, God damn it. That's fucking the best thing ever. <laughs> Four out of nine. Oh man, whatever. Give it to me. God damn it. it could have been y- all right. it's yours.
1: <laughs> it's
0: mine. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's yours, dude. You absolutely. got it.
2: Fucking take it.
0: I, I am the fucking, I out of the pot here, I am the fucking Super Meatloaf fan. So fucking there you go. Yeah, Bad you out are. Hell one Facts and, and science um so i mean all right but i gotta say curse wise for the family i was thinking like everybody died all fucked up not just random dudes
2: you know oh could you imagine if every fucking right i assume it... yeah well why then how do you have nine, nine generations because that first generation everyone would have died
0: oh but they no, have you don't kids. have the
2: next generation <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, nah, man, but but okay. So they live long enough to have the kids, and then they die a weird death, and then the kids grow up like, oh my fucking parents are dead, like fucking Bruce Wayne, and then all of a sudden, boom, they have kids, and then bang, they fucking die, and then it's just back and forth. Like oh, that, that was would some be shit, an
2: insidious curse. That would be horrible. It would be,
0: but I mean, it sounds like these people just died of like you know things that happen of the time. Yeah, like you're like, a soldier. Well, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Or you're you're fucking hammered on a fucking horse going over a fucking, in a cart going over a fucking bridge and you
2: crash it. Like, yeah. Fucking, yeah. I don't know, Flip man. the cart, as Chris said. That's
0: I would, yeah, happens. I would totally dude. If this was 1309, that's how I would die. would be flipping a cart. Absolutely. Yeah. Into a fucking ravine. And then would be like, Mark was cursed. They'd be like, no, I was just hammered. And just like
2: you. a bad early 80s TV show, it would explode in flames without anything flammable around it. You'd flip it into a yeah, creek, would... do one roll, explode. The hay would be yeah. everywhere in flame. Dude, oh, just my true.
0: hand, my hand out of the water, like reaching for someone, and I'm like, no one's there. Oh no! And then I'm fucking dead. <laughs> oh my god! Wow, right. that yeah, was dude. so. Bad. Yeah. That made me no a little sad. There. No, dude, that's how I fucking go out, hard as fuck, is fucking reaching like, no, no one's there. Oh, oh my god, 1390 mark is dark <laughs> yeah, as <fuck>. dude. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. All right, Christopher, what do you think? I'm, I need some fucking. Someone's got to ground me on I'm this. Less I'm less worried, worried going about off the curse. On fucking
2: dragons. I am going to say this. Let's focus. Nah. I mean, I want Chris to give his opinion, whatever it may be. But I'm definitely more concerned with the dragon here than the curse, just because that's my jam. I'm a cryptozoologist at heart.
0: Okay, yeah. Chris, this is your
1: show. What do you got, buddy? I don't know. I mean, it, it's it is a. I mean, the whole thing is, uh, it's a story. It's completely a story. The thing Absolutely. is, it's a little. It's a little. It's cobbled in a way to where that first thing could have been something. Like I don't know. They might. I don't know if they have water snakes over there or not. And if they do, how big they get, it could be. I know some reptiles have uh, multiple holes, like where their face is. Yeah. Like snakes do. We're, we're, right?
2: Like, um, you're right. There's like things that sense heat or whatever, like yeah, pit vipers. Right. So I know what you're talking about. So, so I don't think uh, there's any but, pit vipers in England. I can't be sure because I'm not a herpetologist. I have no idea. And, and we're all idiots. I don't even know.
1: Right. I don't even know what kind of snakes those actually are that have those. So I, I know Ireland that,
2: has no snakes. Thank you, Saint Patrick, or nature. <laughs> <laughs> or nature. Um, yeah, or climate. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. But yeah, so you you guys are absolutely right. There is no doubt about it. This is a story probably built up and reinforced by the church and the patriarchy to establish really set things. Like the young crusader hero who tries to make amends for you know fucking up when he was young. Goes to fight, you know, those terrible infidels and, you know, basically invades their sovereign land and fucks it up and, and and tries to take it over and steal their artifacts, whatever. It was a different time they did their fucking thing. And he becomes the hero and he comes back, but he still has other debts to pay. He's not paid enough. He gets to be victorious, but he only gets to be victorious. And this is where maybe it's less of a Christian influence, only after he gets the advice of a pagan which I find to be an interesting twist that kind of makes it stray a little bit maybe from being a straight Christian parable, but it is a morality well, play. There's no yeah, doubt man, they, about they it. They fucking, but not dude, really they like hit, this. They hit the witch, man. They
1: in got the her. crusades, it. the crusades was like, we're going to go here and you're going to love Jesus or you're going to die. Right. So it makes perfect sense to me actually. Mm-hmm.
2: Except I just mean that usually, um, the christian fathers would expunge the part where the witch was key it would be like he would go to his local yeah. parish priest and the parish priest would say "Ah, oh, my lad get the, get the spikes on your armor, do your thing you know i'm not even trying to do a probe and fucking <laughs> and, and then he would do it but instead it is an actual witch that he approaches which yeah. i which i find interesting but yeah but, but now he the pays s- the price what are but is he, oh, is he paying he the yeah for working with the witch is nine, that, nine that, generations that, of a that's curse? Dude. Why yeah. I think
1: the curse is from the witch. This that makes more sense to me.
2: Oh, that's interesting. So that gets deep. Damn. So it could, it could be multiple levels. You get punished with an evil monster because you didn't go to church. You try to fucking make amends by fighting in the crusades. You come back, you win that battle, but because you went to a witch for advice and you did it again, kill your dad, you got nine generations of curse. That's yeah, layers. In layers of parable. That's Ugh. almost too much more. I feel now I feel crushed under the weight, the sheer weight yeah. of Papa Church.
0: No, because oh, that's how much. they get you. They're like, oh, you see, the curse actually came yeah, from the no, witch because you went to the occult.
1: This is completely in line with a story from that time of getting Fuck. bashed over the head with Christianity.
2: A hundred percent to me. And you're right. But here's my yeah. thought. Um, maybe just because of what we are and, and what I am in terms of fucking, you know, we all, we all love monsters. We all are way into the shit. I mean, when we did the modern uh, dragon sightings, and definitely, uh, I want to pick uh, Richard Freeman's brain on on this and, and other things. I think we might even briefly talk about it in the interview. I'm not sure. But, uh, but if, if there's a possibility that things that resemble medieval dragons can suddenly show up in Milwaukee or wherever the fuck they have been, Japan and, and, and other places, China, then Maybe there was a a period of Earth's history where they were much more uh, you know, credulous and much more open to anything because science had no foothold 13 fucking ninety again. Um, and and so that maybe I don't want I hate I'm loathe to say the thin veil again, but something where uh. these creatures co- <laughs> I know it makes you cringe, but just like you know, we talk about these window areas, like John Keel mentioned where things can kind of emerge. If these things could come through, because obviously they are not biologically endemic to the United, or the United States, the United Kingdom at all. Nothing like this. Not a giant salamander, not a giant snake, nothing. So sure. it would have to be a thing that would either be considered A, paranormal, or B, interdimensional in the sense that it came through and and wreaked havoc. and 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 then, so I guess my thought is this, maybe this is a real cryptid. From fuck all knows who, where, you know, not not necessarily indigenous to Earth, but in, but but from somewhere else that, you know, created a, wreaked havoc on this area for you know the better part of a decade, and that got wrapped into a Christian parable after the fact.
0: I'm. I mean, it I could mean, be. Yeah. I, uh, they would. I mean, I could see that happening. I mean.
2: Anyone will take history and put it into the light that best suits them. Anyone who's in charge, we know that. That goes without saying. So I'm just, I'm not saying I think that's 100% the case. I'm just saying, what if this is something that happened? And then the patina they put on it is one of, you better go to church. You know, you follow the rules, this and that. Don't talk to witches. But in reality, (laughs) it's still (laughs) a fucking weird interdimensional (laughs) fucking monster that came through. And fucking right. had to be dealt with. And the really smart lady that lived in the woods is like, well, if this thing's going to coil around you and fuck you up because there's a legacy of like 28 different knights that tried to fucking vanquish it. All of them right. died. And so there's got to be like reports on what the creature did to kill these knights. And if she happens to know, yeah, it's like a constrictor. It wraps around them. It tries to bite them. If your body's Hence, covered yeah. in spikes, it could just be fucking this brilliant woman. In the woods. It's like, all right, here's what you do. She's not really a witch. She's just like... You know, now I'm not thinking cinematically. I'm trying to think like what it could have really been. She's like super good with herbs. She's doing her thing. She's like, Yeah, no, don't be a fucking moron. Put spikes all over, let it kill itself as it's trying to crush you. And then when it's weak enough, strike the deadly blow. And it could die, apparently, because he was finally able to kill it. Despite that the fact that it apparently had these regenerative properties that were off the fucking charts, enough spikes did it in. So I, I don't know. I guess the thing I'm thinking is that. I, I like the idea that weird things that do not belong geographically, fauna that should never exist in a place, in this case, uh, you know, in England, fucking in, in where, where the hell is it? Uh, County Durham. Uh, if they do exist and it happened to be real, where could it have come from? Why is it there? And, I'm, I'm you know, so it gets incorporated into Christian mythology and other elements. That's fine. But what could have caused the mayhem to begin with? And is there a kernel of truth?
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, if if there, something did happen, it pop up and they just kind of wrapped it into some weird fucking, you know, Christian story. And, you know, I I can I, I can definitely see
2: that. I can totally see that. Or, Mark, I am giving you an interdimensional magic worm.
0: I mean, I want to take it. Don't get me wrong. I was almost going to say Talpa. I was like, this yeah, thing's a fucking tulpa. Okay, Clearly. so somebody
2: wished it into existence? So the old yeah, man maybe everyone was did. such a dedicated churchgoer that when he saw this kid having fun and he caught this weird salamander, he's like, don't you dare throw that back.
0: Think about the times, dude. The fucking 1300s, everything's shit. Everyone's in a fucking terrible mood. No one's happy. Sanitation sucks. Everyone's just like, everything blows. And then they develop this weird yep. fucking gross fucking animal from their collective psyche of shit. And then the thing just fucking unleashes on them where like your worst nightmares fucking devour you. It's actually like a psychological thing
2: probably. Dude, I love... Psychological
0: manifestation of darkness. I I love
2: where you're going with that. I love... (laughs) Yeah. Like the
0: untapped... Chris feels me. The untapped
2: power of the human mind is something I'm fascinated by. But here's the thing. When I was 12, I was legitimately terrified of Freddy Krueger. I understood he was fictional, but I also understood this, even though I didn't know the story, which is something we eventually did. And I think put on a Patreon. I did. I knew that it was based on real events, quote unquote, but I didn't know exactly what they were back then because it was 1984 or whatever. And, uh, and, and so I, I felt that way and I knew other kids that were younger and and could not even distinguish between fiction and fantasy and, so if all of us thought this and felt this way, how does this not manifest? I mean, why were there not sixteen Freddy Kruegers going haywire? Not that I don't believe in tulpa, categorically. I mean, and not that I don't think that there isn't vast potential in the human mind to create reality, because I absolutely do. But I just think to myself, I'm I, I I'm a little leery of the whole tulpa thing because I'm like. That's just one of many examples. Almost every vile thing that has ever been concocted would be manifest somewhere if it was something that was truly and genuinely a part of our universe.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I, I mean, I guess it, it. I don't understand the science behind tulpas. So, <laughs> Nobody I mean, does because may- there isn't
1: one.
2: Yeah, it's got <laughs> exactly. really science.
0: So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we can talk to fucking Slend- Slenderman and fucking figure that thing out. We will out. definitely but, um, do
2: a deep dive into tulpas at some point because it deserves it every bit as much as extraterrestrial or extraterrestrial So, okay, let's, let's,
0: just, let's just fucking go out there on a fucking limb and just like I was saying, this is just some fucking collective consciousness manifestation of fucking dark evil shit because of the times that people live in fine regardless this thing apparently was (laughs) physical it was a physical being it wasn't like it was just some fucking weird some weird fucking phantasmagorical manifestation it was fucking there yeah it didn't turn
2: into a black mist it didn't it was there enough where they were were fucking dude they were
0: they had a fucking milk bar for this thing
2: (laughs) it's true so i mean something was there
0: unfortunately though man and i don't want to fucking piss on your paranormal parade here but i think i'm gonna have to i think maybe it's just some weird fucking parable unfortunately i want it to be something bigger I want so it you're to calling this a water
2: a dead up I want, I want it to be deadly you're i want it to be deadly I'm not do. even fucking you're not even going to entertain the notion it's a cryptid I mean, you don't have to go full-on I mean, no, interdimensional I'm doing, paranormal. No,
0: actually, you know, actually, your idea of it being encrypted, then people saw this and were like, oh, God, I put
2: Jesus in there somewhere so we can fucking understand it. Well, I totally at, did Look at St. Columba totally and happen. fucking yeah. Ness. <laughs> I mean, oh, Loch Ness was a genuine phenomenon, regardless of what it was or Dude. what it wasn't and whether or not it's dead now, which we might be know. the tragic fact. The, the whole, when St. Columba comes and is like, bitch, don't touch my man. He's getting a boat. And the thing swam away in terror and fucking St. Columba was the shit and all that. That's clearly Christianity co-opting a cryptid encounter.
0: Or conversely, what if the Loch Ness monster was actually conjured by none other than Mister. Aleister Crowley? Well, how oh, could he have done it if
2: fucking Saint Columba was there centuries before banishing it with yes. the word of the Lord? Dude, it's dude, it's fucking the Aleister Crowley. You, you always want to give no Crowley shit. credit for everything. Fuck yeah,
0: dude. Do. do time travel, man. Whatever. Fucking uh, Barry uh, Allen. Think you know, about he, it. He's got Lamb. Fucking think about it.
2: He's he's arguably uh. the best paranormal power bottom <laughs> in history. And <laughs> yeah, fucking uh, and. And I'll give him Parsons, but I can't give him anything more than that. Really you gotta bad give him taste in hats.
0: You, uh, you gotta give. will give him a, him a Dude, little Black Sabbath. Those hats are fucking cool. How dare you?
2: Those hats oh, are. Those hats awesome. are dumb as
0: shit. And it wasn't Black Sabbath. It was Ozzy Osbourne that wrote that song. That hat is fucking a pyramid hat. Is fucking dope. How dare you?
2: Wait, that wasn't on a Sabbath <laughs> really? album. The tribute to fucking Aleister Crowley. Mr. Crowley? Mr. Oh, no, that, yeah, was, that was the Aussies. Randy Rhodes one. All right, thank you. Right, Aussie, thank yeah. you for correcting me. Nevertheless, I will give uh, <laughs> I will give Aleister Crowley credit for influencing Ozzy, which is phenomenal. Like I say, being a magnificent power bottom, for conjuring a lamb, for calling L. Ron Hubbard a douchebag, and for influencing the <laughs> You're this NASA guy a lot. through Parsons. <laughs> I, and those You're are things I will give him. Yeah, what do, I will right. not, he was not the ultimate evil. He was not the ultimate. I don't know. I don't find him to be as fascinating <laughs> he as some was people. At the ultimate, he was evil. not my great evil. Hashtag not my great beast.
0: All right, fine. We all have different feelings about Mr. fucking Crowley. But I so, respect anyway, what he did do. That I appreciate, been said. I do not think I appreciate, he conjured Nessie.
2: Alistair okay, Crowley listen. did not conjure Nessie.
0: I appreciate your take on this being a cryptozoology. <laughs> Um, being a, a, an entity of cryptozoology, think of the aquatic shit the that are in the British, British No, Isles. I, dude, I'm all, all about, throughout it. The, I'm highlands, about it.
2: the kelpie, the each usage, the Domarku, yeah. on and on. There's literally every body of water, every creek, pond, stream, I'm and all lake about it, dude. has a cryptid.
0: I just kind of think that maybe this just might be one of those fucking tales, man. I think it just might be a tale. I don't, I don't know want who it to
2: you be, are. I want it. I, wait, I don't wait, know who yeah, I I know. Mark, that's is the moon life. real? Is, is the moon real
0: don't you ever fucking question me about the moon god damn it. so i'm just I i'm wondering who, if oh, this is the man you. i've
2: known and loved for decades is this you because I, I can't see your face so i mean i think we're dealing with a with a doppel stores here <laughs> well
0: wow. i think
2: it's a it's a lie predicated on fiction with ignorance it's the 1390s Look, man, i'm just saying that we all told the man, story
0: listen we all manifest our own reality, okay? Well, that's, that's where I'm well, at. There you go. Now mean? that's more like it. <laughs> what is
1: that's that? That's more like <laughs> it. Yes. Ah, Mark has
0: come, back, come home. back home. Mark's come back home. I'm back home. Thank you. All that's right. more like uh, it. Gentlemen, so Robert, you are on the cryptozoology tip. Um, I'm off on the cryptozoology
2: tip. I'd I'm like kind of think, thinking, okay, continue. No, uh, no, just say it quick. I'd like to think it's a cryptid whose proportions were exaggerated, whose exploits were way overplayed whose existence was eventually twisted into something that the uh, patriarchal uh, church could use to their own ends. But that was, at least at its core, a legitimate perhaps unidentified form of amphibian that was highly predatory kind of like a you know a, a, you know a dovarku or something just something which was probably an otter but but something more amphibious and dangerous so i'm thinking cryptid completely embellished and overplayed and transformed historically into a morality play when at its core there might be a legitimate sighting of something anomalous. And as much as I entertain the idea of like the dragons coming through, and I really am entertained by that. I think this is something uh, anomalous yet biological. All right. So I kind of wanted to go with the whole it's a parable, but now
0: that I'm like five beers in and it's not it's only like an hour and 10, I mean, maybe ah, Tulpa. Oh, God go the damn twat. it. A collective consciousness of fucking 1300s misery culminated in a fucking physical manifestation of some fucking crazy bullshit that was fucking eating people and fucking sucking milk and fucking eating kids and doing all kinds of evil fucking shit. So that's what alcoholism will do to you. Christopher, what do you think?
2: But before Chris goes on, this is the Candyman theory. This is the Cabrini Green, the collective subconsciousness coming together to make manifest something that is the equivalent of Bloody Mary and making it real when it wasn't real. I mean, that was the beauty of Clive Barker. And and, you guys were wondering
0: where I was. You wanted to know where was Mark. You just Candyman the
2: fuck out of this thing. I'm here. I'm here. I'm glad you're home, buddy.
0: I missed you. All right, Christopher. Perfect. What do you think?
1: um yeah no i just think no for for all this pretty much
0: (laughs) all right fine i mean maybe
1: i I mean he could have found something that he couldn't identify sure um but after that i um
2: do you think there's any chance that some predatorial perhaps amphibious perhaps reptilian thing was attacking livestock even if the stories were blown Um, way out of proportion
1: i mean i guess i guess partially that could be possible too. um It's, it's, Uh, this is a tough one. Just
2: asking you to entertain the possibility, not asking you to believe, just could it, could it have been? It
1: could have been. It could have been, I guess. That's, that's all I'll give it, really.
2: All I want. (laughs) Hey, all I need, all I need is just a tiny smidge of an open mind. That's all I've ever asked of any of my dear, dear friends. Yeah, I just want to see
0: fucking Meatloaf
2: do a whole record about this Oh, thing. the Lambton Worm double Meatloaf yeah, album? Oh my god. Yeah. Not only There's do no I want to see here, I want to see John Borman direct it like exactly as <laughs> yeah. like he would have in the early 80s, and I want to hear Meatloaf bat out of hell too. But instead of that, it's Lambton fucking worm straight out of the well, fucking one dude. and two. <laughs> oh, do we have to do this t-shirt now?
0: <laughs> oh boy. All right. Lambton worm. oh man uh now i have to fucking go listen to fucking meatloaf god damn it it happens Uh, okay we we We, we we all all have have our crosses crosses to bear my friend we do and and i do love meatloaf so there you have it thank y'all so very much for joining us for the kryptonite podcast um do 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 hellerspace.com check it out get some merch we have the meals on wheels uh charity going well with two t-shirts there it is the um, Hell or space, uh, kiss ripoff that we did that we're waiting to get sued by Gene Simmons. Uh, loving but hasn't homage,
2: yet. thank you. Ripoff, loving hurtful. homage.
0: Whatever. It's uh, it's it's me, you, and Chris and fucking kiss makeup, and no one has asked yet where the fourth fucking kiss member is because you know no. if there isn't one. It's just us.
2: Yeah. No. I mean, yeah, oh, wow. you know what? Right. exactly. He, Peter Chris is just too colorful.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, also to the. Uh, the Heller Space uh, uh, Plan Nine from Heller Space T-shirt as well, so check those out. Thank you to everyone who's purchased one. Uh, it's it's awesome. It's so cool that we can actually give back to our local community. It, it does mean a lot to us. Um, and I, you know, recently got um, someone in my life signed up for Meals on Wheels, so that's fucking super cool. I'm right super on. excited about. No, it's that. We're great. Actually it's giving it is really back.
2: It's so. helping. It's helping people yeah. that really need it, and I think it's awesome. Totally. And so you guys are doing a super solid you're helping you're helping folks granted in our our county but they're fellow human beings and you're doing a good job and hopefully you enjoy the shirt you're rocking as a result so it's a win win totally hopefully. And yeah. also,
0: too, with all that, all that merch that everyone gets from hellerspace.com, post that shit up on the Instas, the Twitters, the Facebooks, whatever. Tag us. Um, there was just a couple of fucking couple of random people. I just was like like looking through tags and found some some random folks wearing our shit, which is fucking awesome. We love seeing oh this. Oh, my Thank God. So what a much. joy
2: it brings. Absolutely. Yeah, it's
0: super cool. It is super cool. Um, Also, to Patreon. Patreon.com slash Podcast. $1 is a shout-out. $5 is a shout-out and some bonus audio um thank you to everyone that contributes over there we appreciate it so mm-hmm. very much and and again yep. also to thank you to to all of our listeners it means a lot to us that you guys listen it really does it's we wouldn't have a show without you yeah absolutely. and um i mean it's, it's literally- something
2: i look forward to every week so besides hanging yeah. out with two of my best buds fucking just talking shit and doing the things we do i love that and we would have been doing it anyway but the fact that people actually enjoy it and are a part of it and are like a community with us and friends of ours, even if they're, even if it's not like with proximity and I'm not even making a quarantine joke just because of the the nature of the beast. Thank you so much. You have no idea. Like it really feels like a family and it's awesome. Yeah,
0: no, it's, it's, it's super cool. And and who would have thought that we would have come to this point. It's, it's, it really is cool. It's it's really one of the most
2: amazing things I've ever been involved with. I could not be happier.
0: No, same here. I mean, this is literally, we were all in bands for years and doing movies and doing whatnot. And then we're like, shit. Been, we just been this the entire time, I guess. Right. <laughs>
2: so I mean, yeah. Except no out. radio station was going to hire us. We had to wait for fucking the internet for podcasts, to allow. Yeah. For, all right. Fine. It's, fine. It's fine. a medium that just didn't exist. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well. Whatever. Anyway, I'm happy to be here with fucking. With yeah, these even two guys, when I was so on coast to coast so
2: years much. ago, and I, I, I fucking totally was a stuttering fool because I was a fanboy who got to live out his dream. I was like, yeah, no, this is way too professional. Thank God podcasts came into existence and thank thank god mark you decided to start one and invite fucking Chris and I on board because it was just like, yeah. Hey, you
0: know, I needed changer. my fucking, I needed my two besties there. So thank you to everybody. Thank you to you, Rob and Chris. Thank you so very much for joining me every Word. week and helping me deal Word. with this bullshit that i fucking deal with all the time. So big love. one love. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Oh, you know what too, before we close out here, Facebook, our Facebook group, check it out. Holy shit it is fucking dope. And thank you to everyone over there that contributes uh we we obviously appreciate it it's fucking awesome oh, it's, check it's, that out it's there
2: it's what a great community i fucking yeah, love it like totally. it's literally all i do on facebook i barely even check my own shit anymore but i go right no, to here. that I and i'm like right yep this yeah. is awesome yeah. So, um oh, real quick shit before
0: we end. Uh check out Astonishing Legends. They recently did the Kira uh they they're calling it the Kira object, not the Kira UFO. But check out the Astonishing Legends uh Kira object episodes. I'll just listen to part 1, part 2 is coming out soon. And uh yeah, it's fucking awesome. Rob's uh all of Rob's research got cited in that, which is fucking oh, super so, dope. You know, it so it's, awesome it's cool.
2: Is Scott got a hold of me beforehand. It's like, is it is it okay if we cite your shit? And I'm like Dude, first off, that's so fucking cool. Totally, dude. So professional. Yeah. So awesome. I'm like, of course it is. I'd be honored and flattered. You know, and 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 these guys are so awesome and, and their takes are so brilliant. And so yeah, it's I was good. honored it's to show. be a um, a research fellow, if you will, on, yeah. on that show. No,
0: it, it's awesome. And obviously I'm sure most of our listeners listen to Astonishing Legends, but fucking totally check them out. Oh, it's awesome. Great shit. Great guys. Yeah. It's it's a good time. It's a great show. So check them out. And I, so I, I will um, say this on
2: a on a on a An ancillary note, another one of our listeners got a hold of me last night and said that he and a group of friends had designed a pretty rigorous rule set for a drinking game that he would share with me, but he has not shared with me yet, so uh, I'm anticipating this will be awesome, and I do not want anyone to die of alcohol poisoning, but... Um, I'm sure everyone has their own version of uh, drinking with us, like you know how many drinks is enigmatic worth or whatever. But <laughs> but once yeah. once those rules are laid out, I will I will share them because I mean shit. Why not make it a party that's universal?
0: Yeah, yeah. fucking a. Awesome. Thank you all so very much. As always, stay safe. We're gonna get through this shit.
2: We're oh talking yeah, talking to you soon. Totes. Keep your tall. Hey. Keep your Jesus Christ. All right, so I'm drinking a little bit. keep (laughs) keep your tulpas straight like let's start creating tulpas that are like you know fucking we don't want to go full Dan Aykroyd and just make him like malevolent marshmallow men but like like maybe like Dobies or something like just fuckers that'll get your back. If if they wear a sock, they can roam free fuckers that'll help you with the dishes. I mean, if we're going to make nefarious shit, it can look horrible and act like fucking really it's aggressive. But in reality, let it be super sweet. Let's start collectively making our tulpas a lot more manageable and a little more helpful.
0: Let's get that collective consciousness on the fucking positive note. And we'll be talking to you soon.
2: Bye. Take it. This bourbon's really hitting the spot. I can
0: tell. That bourbon fucked you. <laughs> I, yeah, I put a good dent in this bottle, but you God did. bless it. You did. Well, I, you, you know, I'm officially patrons. I don't even, I think this is, might be beer number six. I don't know. I'm going to bed. Peace.
2: Good night, fuckers.